You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. In life, I've been privileged to meet and see different kinds of people. I've seen people come to church and I've seen people leave church. I've seen many people come when they're desperate, seeking a breakthrough. In their lives, sitting in the front rows, praying and fasting for God to bless them, for God to change their lives. And when that blessing has come, I've seen many of them leave to enjoy their blessing, not realizing how much they need God. Many people come to church for selfish reasons, they come to church just to get healing. Deliverance, breakthrough, blessings. And once they've received it from God, they think they don't need God anymore. And we don't realize how much we need God. You need God more after your blessing, after your breakthrough, than what you need Him before your breakthrough. Think for one minute. You were praying for children. Now you have children. Now that you have your children, you're praying more for those children. What does that mean? It means you'll need God more after your breakthrough, your healing, your deliverance. That's what Jesus said to the man in John 5, chapter 14. He said, go and sin no more lest the worst thing happens to you. He was saying to him, now that you've received your healing, you'll need God even more. But people think once they have it, once they've received their breakthrough, their blessing, they think, I'm the one who made this happen. I am the one that's successful. And they don't realize it's God who's the one who has done it in their lives. The Bible teaches us in the book of Deuteronomy 8, verse 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hands have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. You know what happens, people? Once God has blessed people, they often glorify the blessing more than what they glorify God. Once they've received their breakthrough, enjoy it. But don't let that become the primary thing in your life, dominating your life. The love of that pleasure starts to occupy people's minds, their lives, and their time more than anything else. And they glorify the blessing more than what they glorify God. Everybody is here this morning for a reason. Maybe you need breakthrough. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need deliverance. Maybe you're just ignorant concerning the word of God and you need to be educated, to be trained, to be discipled. But you're here for some other reason. God wants to meet that need. But whatever you are seeking... The deliverance, the healing, the breakthrough. Don't think that's the end. 
It's not the end. It's the means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Being a Christian does not mean you will not face temptation. Family, I'm here this morning to train you and to disciple you. I'm here to speak to Christians to help them. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Listen what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 3 verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Imagine yourself being baptized by John the Baptist. Or being baptized the day you were baptized. The heavens opening up. The Holy Spirit coming down on you like a dove. And you hear this voice from heaven saying, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. People standing there observing this, looking at this must say, Wow, this person is close to God. Everything is going to go very well. For this person. Surely this person cannot be tempted. God is with this person. What would you think if you saw one of your friends going through an experience like that? What do you think people will say about you if you had gone through experience like that? Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Verse 8. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you. If you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Family. What a great experience must have been for John the Baptist and those there to see the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus. To hear that voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. But the Bible says directly after that, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And he was tempted by the devil. This teaches us, it doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. Don't ever think because you're a Christian and you pray three times or seven times a day. You read through your Bible once a month. You do all these things and people will say, this person is so close to God that you cannot be tempted. It doesn't matter how close you are to God. You can still be tempted. The difference is, when you're a son of God, God will prepare you before you are tempted. 
He will empower you so that you'll be able to see it through. Remember, it was the Holy Spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness. He did not go into the desert to tempt the devil, but the devil tempted him. Many people are facing difficult situations today because they have tempted the devil. The devil tempted Jesus. Jesus did not tempt the devil. Although he was the son of God, although he had the Holy Spirit upon him, he did not tempt the devil. The devil tempted him. Have you been tempting the devil? Remember, Jesus was hungry and the devil took advantage of his situation. The situation that you are facing, the thing that you are desperate for, is the area where the devil will tempt you. Jesus was hungry and the devil tempted him with bread, with food. When you are led by the Spirit of God, even when you are tempted, you'll know what to say in that situation. And you'll respond with the Word of God and not tempt the devil when you are tempted. Jesus responded with the Word of God. And He said, It is written. Man shall not live of bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, things are about to change. I'm being discipled. I think in the past, ignorantly or arrogantly, I've tempted the devil. Family, listen to me. Jesus did not even tempt the devil. The devil was the one who tempted him. Go to Matthew 4 verse 8. Can you see, through the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God was busy preparing His Son to be ready for the temptation that would follow. God had prepared Daniel before the time. That's why he could go into the lion's den and come out and God's name would be glorified. God had prepared Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. That's why they could go through the fire and God's name be glorified. The Bible teaches us that whatever situation you are facing, God will make a way out. He will show you what to do, how to get out of that situation. But oftentimes we go to places and we tempt the devil. And then we want to say, Lord, help me. When we come to God in humility and sincerity of heart, he will always help us. But you could have avoided that by just being led by the Holy Spirit and not tempting the devil. The Passion Translation says this, Matthew 4 verse 1, Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser 
by going through the ordeal of testing. There's one sin that the Bible talks about that very few people teach on or even heard of. It's called the sin of presumption. The sin of presumption. To presume you can just do what you want to. To presume you can see one person do something and you can do the same. We are not equally gifted. You have strengths and I have strengths. That's why we need one another. When Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted, he was led by the Holy Spirit. He replied, his response in every temptation was the word of God. The devil wanted him to accept temporary pleasures. But he would have lost eternal gain. In your time of temptation, be very careful not to reach out to that temporary pleasure. Jesus did not fall into that trap. Remember, the devil will tempt you in the thing that you are most desperate for. The thing you are most anxious for. When Jesus was hungry, he tempted him with bread. Jesus' response was, I might be desperate. I might be hungry. But I'm not desperate. If you're desperate, you will not look where the blessing is coming from. If you're desperate for money, the devil will give you that money. But if you don't see where it's coming from, when you take that money, there'll be a condition on this side. Whereas the blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow, no heart sore, but the blessings of the enemy it has conditions and it will cost you. What he's giving with his right hand, he'll be taking something with the left hand. If you're single and desperate, the enemy can bring somebody to you that's not the right person. But if you're desperate, you'll think, oh, let me just take this one and marry him. And the tears that you cried before the time waiting for that right person will be much more now that you are married when you've married the wrong person. Let me hear the single people say, I might be single, but I'm not desperate. Let me hear you say it with some faith. Say, I might be single, but I'm not desperate. I'm going to wait for God. To bring the right person. It's better to cry about the one that got away than to cry about the one that you married. Psalm 19 verse 12, I want you to turn there. Family, when we presume upon our own strength and we tempt the devil and we think we'll do it in our own strength, 
God steps back and he says, okay, well do it then in your own strength. But when you say, God, fight for me, you are my shield, you are my protection, you'll see God will fight for you. The New King James says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from from presumptuous sins. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Arrogant sins. Sins that you think you can do in your own strength. Just to presume. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The Passion Translation says, Without this revelation light, how would I ever detect the waywardness of my heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me, for only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth, the meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector, God. Don't act presumptuously. I'm helping you here this morning. Let the Lord be your shield. Let the Lord be your protection. Don't say things like, devil, come, bring it on. Do you think you can fight the devil? That's being presumptuously. Jesus was the only one who could deal with the devil. Be careful what you say with your mouth. I can tell you many stories. We did deliverance on a lady once. She made a joke. She took a black curtain threw it around herself and made a joke and said, I'm the bride of Satan. And the spirit of Lucifer went into her. Don't do stupid things. Don't tempt the devil. The devil tempted Jesus. Jesus didn't tempt the devil. You know the foolish things that you've done where you've tempted the devil. Places where you've gone where you know you should not have gone looking for all possible solutions and answers and going to places where you know God is not. But you're so desperate, you're so anxious. Family, listen to me. The Bible teaches us that God places His peace on the inside of our hearts. When you know God can place His peace on the inside of your heart, remember, the devil has got the counterfeit. He's got the fake peace. Says the peace that I give you is not the peace of this world, but it's my own peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but know that I've overcome the world. So many times people seek peace, but it's not the peace that comes from God. God's peace can stand the test of time, whereas the peace of this world will not stand the test of time. You're you're desperate for money, for blessing, for that to come. And now that it's come, you've got peace, but now suddenly you find some of your family members are sick. 
this breaks, you have to fix this, you have to solve this problem. And that money that has come, it's there, but it's not there. It seems like money, but it's not money. Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. But the peace of God is a peace that will remain even when you're in a storm. Even when you're being tempted. Go to Matthew 4 verse 9. I want you to underline this. When the devil wants to bless you, there will always be a condition. Whereas when God blesses you, there's no condition. He blesses you unconditionally. Matthew 4 verse 9. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Can you see the condition? Can you see the condition? He said, I'll give you all these things, everything that you want. All your heart's desires, I'll give it to you. Worship me. And many people, for that short moment of pleasure, of wanting that glory, bow the knee to the wrong God. I told you that as a pastor, I will be judged differently. You can go take your time and read Ezekiel 44. One of the most scariest chapters for any pastor. The Bible says there that because they've brought their idols, money, into the church and made the church about money, he says, I will not allow them to minister to me. He says, but what they can do is they can attend to the needs of the people, but they're not allowed to minister to me. He says, take those priests and separate them and only bring those that are allowed to minister to me. Family, right now, as I'm preaching here, I'm first ministering God's word to him in heaven. The only thing that heaven can receive is that which comes from heaven. Listen to me. That's why Abraham realized when God said to him, Take your son, your only begotten son, and sacrifice him. He said, Lord, I'll do it. Because he knew that son came from heaven. When we love God, and we say, Jesus, I love you. It's because that love that we are giving God is a love that comes from heaven. Because he first loved us, we can now love him. When you give your tithes and your offerings, you can give it with a happy heart because you know that blessing and provision comes from God. And the only thing that I'm doing is I'm giving what God has blessed me. When you serve in the church, when you're an usher or a deacon, you say, mm, I must give my time to come and help for what? What time? Who gave you that time? God. So what are you really giving to him? Nothing. When you're using your strength to do something for the kingdom of God, who gave you that strength? Any Christian knows that every advancement in his life is because of the grace of God. That's why God chooses grace rather than works so that no man can boast. If a man is boasting, he does not know 
where the blessing comes from. He's acting presumptuously. That's why the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, it's the Lord that gives you power to be successful. Says, and when the God has empowered you to be successful, says, don't forget him and say, you've done it in your own hands. God wants you to remember him to establish his covenant between you and him. It's about relationship for God. And the enemy will come and tempt you. What you want, what you are desperate for. Says, all these things that you want, I'll give it to you. Just worship me. But Jesus said later on in Matthew 6 verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And many, for that short moment of glory, this is the most charming temptation, that glory for that moment. I want the big car. The big house, the fame. Jesus did not settle for that temporary satisfaction or glory, but he kept his focus on the eternal reward. He didn't step into that. What is the thing that the devil can tempt you in? He's not going to tempt you in the thing that you are strong, he's going to tempt you in the thing that you are desperate for. If you're desperate for money, they'll tempt you with money. If you're desperate for a spouse, a husband or a wife, the temptation will come there. If you're desperate for a position, what is the cause of all of this? People are anxious about the future. Fear grips people's hearts. Fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. When fear grips your heart, it paralyzes you. That you cannot think clearly. You cannot move clearly or the, move the way that you should move. These things are around us every day. Jesus said, your father in heaven is aware of the fact that you have need of all these things. What things? That you have to buy clothes. That you have to buy food. That you need transport. All these things, whatever it is, that you need a house. He says He's aware of the fact that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what is the thing that the devil can tempt you in? Family, we have the original grace. The enemy has a photocopy. That which is not real. Don't settle for the photocopy. Settle for the original. Because the original will be able to stand the test of time. The photocopy will not be able to stand the test of time. In the book of Ezekiel 44, God says, because they've made money their God, I will allow them to look after the people, to look after the needs of the people. 
but they're not allowed to minister to me. What a terrible thing to happen. When your focus is more upon the blessings than the one who has blessed you. You need God more after your breakthrough, after your deliverance, after your healing than before the time. It's very easy. Make God your heart's desire. And God will give you every one of your heart's desires. Make God your heart's desire. And he will give you every one of your heart's desires. The thing that you show the most worth to must be God. Worth, showing worth is where the word worship comes from. When we worship him, we are showing worth to him. The thing that you show the most worth to, that you think about the most, meditate the most, is the thing that will dominate your heart. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans chapter 1, the thing that you value the most, show the most worth to, God will give you over to that thing. What does that mean? It means you become like the thing that you worship. If you worship God, you'll become more like God. But if you worship money, you'll become more like money. Money is cold. Money is hard. Money feels nothing. It's harsh. But God is full of love. That's why the Bible says when Jesus comes back, he's looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. And if it's not spirit, it's not truth, so it's nothing. Let God be the desire of your heart and he will give you the desires of your heart. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.